Welcome to the podcast from Plum Creek Community Church in Castle Rock, Colorado. Thanks for downloading my dad. I hope as you listen, you are challenged and encouraged by his message. How are you? Parents of D.C. students are tired because it was homecoming. There's nothing better than the sound of the garage door on those evenings, right? Maybe I'm the only one. We're in a series we started last week uh, called Soul Toxins. And let me give a quick shout out to those that are listening to us on our podcast. Thank you for joining us that way or listening online. And uh, we need more chairs, don't we? It's a good thing that we have a building that we will soon be moving into that has lots of chairs or will have lots of chairs. Thank you for your patience in finding a spot this morning. It's jammed. I've not seen it this full in a while, so thank you for... Your patience. But so we began this new series last week called Soul Toxins, uh, thinking about and kind of spending some time processing the, the things that are part of our culture that can be toxic to our souls, that can have negative impact on our spiritual lives. Last week, we talked about the restless soul and how we live in this crazy culture that is so fast paced that very rarely do we ever stop to be still and know that He is God. We live just so fast-paced, so I encourage you to do that. It was fun to get some emails in some creative ways that uh, you guys have been working to apply that to your lives. And so we're going to talk about another toxin this week, and let me set it up this way. I have a problem that I need to share with you about that I hope I'm not the only one that has ever had this problem, but um, this, this is not uncommon for this to happen to me, where if I'm in the gym working out, And there's a dude that comes off one of the machines that I wanted to use on that given day. And let's just say he's, you know, pretty strong. That when I sit down on that particular workout piece of equipment, that uh, I have a decision to make. When I glance over and see the stack of weight and where the pin is, perhaps, on that particular machine, thinking to myself, oh, dude, I am a man. If he can do that, right? You guys ever been there? I can do that. So you buckle in and make sure you're ready to go and you like grab the bar or you, you know, whatever it is on that machine and you're like, (laughs) now I have a decision to make here. I have to do the very uncool thing of moving the pin. Some of you have done that. There is no cool way to move the pin to take weight off. There is no cool way to do that. If you, anybody ever been there where you thought you could give it a shot? So, you guys are lying, man. Thank you. Thank you. One person. I guess I do have a problem, don't I? We've been talking about our souls, not necessarily our bodies. And I believe that that same analogy is true in our lives. That so often the burdens of life are too heavy for our souls. And so what we have are heavy souls, burdened souls, weighted souls, because of all of the things that we have to deal with. If you missed last week, our key thought for this series, the foundation that we're building on, is that we are not a body with a soul. We're a soul with a body. It's an important distinction. We, in our culture, focus so much on the outside appearance that oftentimes we're neglecting the inside. We are a soul with a body. This distinction is very, very important. 
We don't talk often enough about what it means to take care of our souls, and I believe it is absolute truth that there are many people in our culture, and some today, that are even here in Theater 8 this morning, that have a heavy soul. There was an article written recently that said our generation, this one that we live in, has the highest percentage of people who deal with what they described as a constant low-grade depression. So much so that it's almost become normative. That somehow we've just gotten to the point where we've dismissed it as, I guess, that's the way it's going to be. There are people who are living constantly with heaviness in their souls, and it's become just normal. It's not like anything's really, really wrong, but it just seems that nothing's really, really right. It seems like we are a people that are so blessed with so much and have so many incredible things that are part of our lives, yet there's a soul dissatisfaction. There's something inside of us, a constant longing for something more. There's a lack of hope, of faith, optimism. We just have this heaviness in our soul. This heavy soul, you see, is not a new epidemic. I love when I get a chance to open scriptures and see the brutal honesty and authenticity of the writers of these scriptures that we read, revealing some of the same stuff that you and I have to deal with today. I love that. I love that they didn't somehow get caught up in the church world that some of us have become familiar with, where we all just put a smile on and everything seems to always just be okay. I love their honesty. A passage of scripture that talks about this thing that we're talking about today, these heavy souls, is from David, who ended up being the king of the Israelites in the Old Testament. And how many of you have ever had a conversation with yourself? Don't worry, your counselor's not here. It's okay. Yeah, I have. How many of you have ever done that out loud? It's crazy, isn't it? Give yourself a pep talk, maybe. Talk yourself off the cliff a little bit. Try and rebuild the optimism. Well, what we're going to look at is a psalm. And this psalm is so cool because David actually has a conversation with his soul. And he wrote it down. You're going to see what I think is common in our culture today in Psalm 42, verse 5, where he says this, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Why are we so disturbed? Soul, why are you heavy and uneasy and worried and upset? And why are you so downcast? This is a question that we're going to try and answer today. We're going to try and unpack this and not just answer why, but how do we deal with heaviness in our souls? Undoubtedly, there's a lot of reasons. However, today, I'm just going to hit a couple. Why are our souls heavy? If you're taking notes, you might want to write a couple of these things down because whether you're dealing with a heavy soul right now in this moment or whether there will be a day, undoubtedly, when you will have a heavy soul, it's going to be important to kind of put your finger on where it's coming from. So some of us have heavy souls, first of all, because of hurts from our past. Hurts from our past. And I think there's something very unique about the enemy of our souls. You see, what he likes to do, even if you've dealt with the stuff in your past is he likes to just every once in a while bring that stuff back to your mind. He wants to bring that stuff back to your heart. And if he gets you on the right day when things have been difficult enough, it's easy to go back to a place where you don't need to go. Ever been there? Listen to this. This is powerful in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. The writer says this, I remember 
my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and now look what happens as he looks back. My soul is downcast within me. I'm guessing that there are many of us that have, have a present heaviness because of a past hurt. It could be that someone did something to you. It could be something that you've done. But because of that circumstance, given the right set of emotions and given the right place in life, if you look back, you can have a downcast soul or a weighted soul quickly. Present heaviness based on a past hurt. Stay with me for just a second because here's our main thought. We want to unpack this together. I have found this to be true that God wants to lighten heavy souls. He wants to lighten heavy souls. Perhaps today you would say that there are times that I have a heavy soul because of something in the past. Maybe it's something someone else did. Maybe it's something you did. But you, you have a he- Listen, I believe this is true for each and every one of us. All of us. And what I want us to do is to take that first step and to understand that if we're not careful, we can look back and have a heavy soul. Some of us are caught in our past, even right now. But I believe it's true for all of us. And sometimes we think, gosh, I must be the only one that has to look back and have some regrets over these things or perhaps still go back to the place of hurt. If you would say this is important for all of us to see today, I believe authenticity is where it starts. We value authenticity at Plum Creek. It's so important for us to be able to be real with the things that we're facing and struggling with and the things that potentially we could struggle with. But if you could say this today, I believe that given the right set of circumstances, I could look back and have a heavy soul about something in the past. Would you just raise your hand for a second? All of us, pretty much. The rest of you are sleeping, and I can't see your eyes. It's true for all of us. Our pasts can overwhelm us and cause our souls to be weighed down. Stay with me, because we're going to see that God can lighten our souls The next reason that I believe some of us feel weighted down is a direct result of trouble in our present. Trouble in our present. There's something going on right now. Listen to the way Job described this in Job chapter 4, verse 5. We know he faced some pretty incredible challenges that seemed to come all at once, and it came heavy fast. He said, but now trouble comes to you and you are discouraged. It strikes you and you are dismayed. Some of you can identify with that because that's how you feel right now in this moment based on whatever it is that you're having to face. Current trouble. Some of you would say, Doug, man, if we could have a cup of coffee today and I could share with you some of the things that have been going on in my life, I would just communicate to you that this this season that I'm in right now was not in my five-year plan. Not, not at all. But I'm having to deal with it. And it stinks. We've all been there, and if not, you will be someday. Sometimes life will bring a season of heaviness. How many of you would say that you've had moments where your present, maybe not just this moment, but at one point in the history of your life, your present was incredibly overwhelming, and you could have had a heavy soul because of it? Just raise your hand. All of us. All of us. Geez, Doug, now we're getting in touch with our inner heaviness. I appreciate it. I just want to go home and watch the Broncos, right? One more. Many of us also feel weighted, and I can find myself there uh, fast as well, that we can be, have anxiety 
over our future. Anxiety over our future. We're spending a lot of time and energy worrying about how we're going to make it through what has to come. This is kind of the what if syndrome. What if? What if? What if we don't have enough resources to pay the bills? What if the economy collapses again and my 401k disappears? What if my boyfriend or my girlfriend breaks up with me or my spouse leaves me or if I get, never get married or never get remarried? What if I don't do well in college? What if the company that I work for goes through downsizing and they lay me off? What if somebody gets sick, some myself or someone that I love? What if, what if, what if? And we can spend so much time and energy focused on the what-ifs of life that it can cause our soul to be heavy, to have a weighted soul. I'm confident that we've all been there a time or two. Here's what I love. Jesus, he didn't have uncertainty about what his future was going to hold for him, but scriptures give us a glimpse into a time knowing very well what he was going to have to face. He had a heavy soul. You've got to see this. Being God in flesh, he cried out to his heavenly Father, knowing that he was going to become sin for us and die on the cross, it says in Mark chapter 14, verse 33, that he took these three guys that were kind of on the inner circle. He took Peter and James and John with him. Listen to these words. He became so deeply troubled and distressed. Listen to what he said in verse 34. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. There was a very real heaviness in his soul, some of you might say, as I look back at the past, or as I am overwhelmed about the circumstances that I'm dealing with right now in the present, as I think ahead to what might happen, there seems to be trouble all around. I just live with this heaviness in my soul. For some, it might just be a low-grade heaviness. For some, it might just be all-out blitz on you, and you feel the heaviness. Maybe it's that nothing's really wrong, but it seems like nothing's really right. This is toxic living. You see, God's plan was never for us to live with heavy souls. He came to give us life and to give us life abundant. And so you need to hear me today. It's God's plan to lighten our souls. I believe this is one of the reasons why he came. You may have resolved that it was, this is just the way it's going to be. And I want to shake you from that today. And I want to show you that that you're, you know deep down, if you, if, you, if you have that conversation with your soul, you know that deep down, this is not the way God wants it to be. You know your soul might not be in a good place. You don't have to live with this constant pain and this heaviness of your soul. So let's take a look real quick at what we can do to kind of remove this toxin from our souls so that we don't have to carry that heaviness. Look back again at that verse that David wrote when he said in Psalm 42.5, why, he's talking to his soul, why you, are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. Don't you love? He changes gears. And life stinks and I'm down and it hurts. But listen to me, soul, stop it. Shake out the cobwebs. Put your hope in God, self. He's talking to himself. Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. You might want to memorize those verses if you struggle with a heavy soul so you can just be reminded of the downshift that can happen when we begin to think clearly. Some of you are saying, like, I need to have this conversation with my soul. 
And so what I want to do today, whether it's right now in your life that you're dealing with a heavy soul or undoubtedly there will be a day when this happens, you need to know what to tell your soul. And so I want to give you some talking points for you to talk to yourself. Here's your talking points. The first thing you need to do is tell your soul to remember God's faithfulness in the past. For those of us that have walked with Christ for a while, we need to regularly look back and see God's faithfulness in our lives. That's one of the reasons why I would encourage you to keep a journal. When you're tempted to look back at the hurts of the past, you need to train your mind. You've got to have a game plan to shift gears, to call to mind the faithfulness of God. Now, I want to show you in Scripture an example of someone doing this. In, in those verses that we, start, that we read in Lamentations chapter 3, look at them again. I will remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. <laughs> Downshift, yet. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Somebody needed to hear that today. That you can have a heavy soul, but God wants to bring hope to your life today. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I love the brutal honesty. Lord, life just stinks. My soul is heavy. Yet, I call this to mind. God has been good. It's one of the reasons why I love to watch the sun come up in the morning. I love a good sunrise. Typically, when I miss it, someone texts me it anyway. I love a good sunrise because it's a reminder to me that His mercies are new every morning. A fresh start with God today. He's faithful. He's faithful. When I look back over the history of my life and our family's lives, I can see so many examples of God's faithfulness. I remember years and years ago when my dad was let go from his job. We went through a very tough time financially. Mom and dad had a house in Illinois and one in Ohio, and it was a very difficult season in our lives, and things were really, really tight financially. And I remember the the sound of the doorbell ringing and mom opening the door to be blessed with folks that had provided groceries for us when, when they knew that things were tough. God's faithfulness. I've told you before in my younger years, man, I didn't have the wisdom that I have today. And so I was just wanting to date somebody really hot. And I did. And I married her. But God was so faithful because he knew I needed more than hot. And I got it. God is so faithful. I can remember over the years, God's faithfulness and his healing touch on my brother, on my mom, and on me. When we heard those words that nobody wants to hear from a doctor, all three of us, you have cancer. Walking through those challenges individually, but also as a family, to the point where we all today have, can, can call ourselves survivors. To see God's faithfulness, His protection over my family. You remember a couple of years ago when we were up on the hill uh, snowboarding with the student ministry here at church and my son Luke hit a jump 
the, the snow melt had changed, and he just went barreling down the hill. And because that jump had changed, it just like shot him straight up in the air. And his snowboard went above, his feet went above his head, and he landed right on his back and his head. I thought, the kid's dead, or he'll never walk again. God's faithfulness. Just brag for a minute. He had 11 solo tackles on Friday. That was a pretty big deal. I think his neck is okay. God's radical provision when we walked away from a good job in Fort Collins with no guarantees to begin this church, lived in a two-bedroom condo with four kids, a dog, and an extra teenager. God was faithful. The way God provided every step of the way, you know, God is faithful. Bills were paid, both corporately as a church and individually as our family. God provided in so many amazing ways. Look at us. Seven years later, we own a building. We wish we could be in. (laughs) Remembering God's faithfulness. Remember what it felt like when the first time, for the first time you realized that God was no longer holding your sins against you. Remember what it felt like when you prayed for something that there was no way humanly possible that it could ever be done, yet God miraculously moved into that situation and provided or did something that only He could do. Remember what it felt like when you were really, really down and however it happens, it happens. You picked up your Bible and something that was written thousands of years ago seemed like it was written for you in that moment. Just opened up and gosh, God just touched your heart. Or do you remember, I pray this happens every week when, when something was going on in your life and you found your way here to the theater seven or eight, and you were in the room, and although there were people sitting next to you, it was like the world spin stopped for just a moment, and it was just you and God in this moment. And you knew that somehow, in the grander scheme of God at work, He planned for that morning to be exactly what you needed at that time. So grateful for the way that He spoke to your heart. We need to tell ourselves when we're feeling weighted down by life that his compassions are new every morning. He is faithful, that we can remember his goodness. We need to tell our soul to remember God's faithfulness in the past. That's the first part of our soul conversation that we need to have when our souls feel heavy. But what else can we do? Why so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. Remember his faithfulness. If you're hurting right now in the present, I want to encourage you to do this. I want you to to learn to have the habit of crying out to God in the present. This is why I think this is so important, because many of us have bought the lie that the enemy sends our way that says, you know what, God doesn't care about my little incident. Why would I want to bother God? He's got so much going on. He didn't care about my stuff, or I don't want to bother him with my stuff. And so for some reason, we just kind of pull back with our heavy soul. It's not what God wants us to do. Listen to the psalmist again in Psalm 142, uh, verses 2 and then 5 and 6. He says, I pour out my complaint before him. Some of you need to be reminded of this. God is a big God. And he can handle your complaint. He can handle my complaint. He gets it. He created us. And listen, he already knows anyway that you have a heavy soul. 
I pour out my complaint before him. Before him, I tell him my trouble. Look at verse 5. I cry to you, O Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of living. Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. I would encourage you to make this crying out to God a regular discipline that you have. When you have a heaviness of soul in the present, you just get serious in the way that you cry out to God. I just need to be honest with you guys and tell you that like in this season of my life, I am more convinced than ever that I am right where God wants me to be. Like I love being the pastor of this incredible church. I love being in relationship with you guys. I love the responsibility to lead and to challenge and to hopefully, through God's help, see folks taking steps spiritually that they've never taken before. I love, love, but I hate to be a contractor. I hate it. Some of you are like sissy because you do it every day. I I don't like it. I don't like wondering what the phone is going to bring today when it rings. Like, well, then, uh, there have been times, and it's not Stephen's fault, when I have had low-grade panic about his phone call. Like, Doug, dude, you're not going to believe what happened today. I don't want to know. <laughs> and it seems like when you just have no energy left, when you have no more answers and you're so overwhelmed, that's when it comes. Does it ever feel that way to you? That's what happened to us. Man, we're just, it feels like we're running a marathon and they keep changing the finishing line on us and you just get tired and you just want it to be done. And then it rains like crazy. It messes stuff up and the roof leaks. These pretty walls that we just made pretty got ruined. I'm like, Lord, I just, what are you doing? You told us to buy this building. We bought it. And it has a bad leaky roof sometimes. Like, that's messed up, God. If I'm you, I don't get a building with a leaky roof. So you know what we did the other day? I felt so strongly that we were supposed to do this. I called Stephen and I said, I know God told me this two weeks ago, before I even knew I was talking about this. And I hadn't done it until this week. I said, Stephen, you at the building? He said, yep. I said, can you get a ladder? He said, sure, what's going on? I said, we need to get on the roof. So last week, I think it was Wednesday, Stephen and I climbed up on the roof. And we stood right there on the roof, looking out over to the west. And we prayed together. All right, God, I'm standing on your roof. And your roof is keeping me awake at night. I'm not going to be worried about this anymore. It's your roof. You take care of it. If you require something of me, and I'm going to talk about this in a minute, we'll do it. We'll do whatever we got to do. But I'm not going to worry about your roof anymore. It's your stinking roof. Have it back. There you go. Being honest with God is so important. Just telling him how you feel. I came down off the roof and there was two guys there, the general contractor and the owner of that company, and they were like, what are you guys doing up there? <laughs> we are praying, giving God his roof back. They're like, great. God, I need you. I'm desperate. I need you. Crying out from the depths of our soul, God, I don't like what's going on. I don't like this circumstance. And it feels like I need to know where are you? Being honest with God is so important in reminding ourselves that he can handle our honesty. He knows what's going on. In 1 Peter 5, 7, this is so powerful. Write this verse down. He says, cast only some, only the big stuff, 
Maybe just a few things every day, your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Is that what it says? Cast. And what does all mean? You guys are great theologians. All. All means all. All of it. So this is what happened this week. And I think this could be very helpful to you. I was reading through, and I've been reading through the book of Acts, reading through Paul's conversion and the apostles' kind of birth of the church. I've been reading through that, and I've been, you know, overwhelmed about so much and sleeping not much and praying a lot. And all of a sudden, it became clear to me that in the apostles and in Paul's life, there seemed to be three categories. And this is how I kind of describe it. So I want, I want to see it on the screen. You need to write this down because I think it would be very helpful if you have a heavy soul. Here's what you need to do. When you, get, when you get circumstances that come into your life, there's three files that we need to put this stuff. So this is what I've started to do. The extremes here are dangerous, so I want to deal with the extremes too. But the first file is this file that you see over on your right, and that's God's stuff. That's God's file. This is stuff that you have no control over, stuff that's so far out of your ability to manage or operate or deal with. It's in a really special file called God's file. Now, here's the problem. <clears throat> if you're like me, I will file it over there, but I take it out of that file all the time. It's God's file, not mine. I don't have no business in God's file. There's another file, which is over here on your left, which is the file that you have responsibility for. You see, the danger is that we put everything in God's file and then just kind of throw our arms up with reckless abandonment, even when God is requiring something of us in the challenging moments of life. Can't do that. The other challenge is that we have everything over in the Doug's Gotta Do It file, or that's how I feel sometimes, but it's really your file too. In this file over here that you need to do something, we put everything over there and forget that some of the stuff that we're dealing with is so far out of our control, there's nothing we can do anyway. And then there's a third file. I find myself here a lot, and that's the middle file, where I'm not really sure yet. I'm not sure if it's a, re- a responsibility that I need to have or if it's God's file, so that's my prayer list. So I've decided to have three files. The God file, the Doug's got to do file, and the one that I don't know about yet. And so, God, we have a leaky roof. Do you want me to do something? I'll do it. I'll do it. Tell me what you want me to do. Let me just remind you, I want it over there because I want you to take care of the roof. You see what I'm saying? So when you get overwhelmed about something in life, there are things that are so far out of your control you shouldn't be worrying about it. That's a God file. There's some things that you may have some responsibility for that you've neglected and you have a heavy soul because you've neglected it. Deal with it. Or the things that were uncertain, whether or not we're supposed to engage or not, that's your prayer list. Those are the things. And don't, don't confuse the files. Put st- Maybe some of you actually need to go home this week. This could be your assignment and create three files. The God file, the I've got to do file, and the I'm not sure yet file. And you need to actually write down the things that are burdening your soul and try and figure out which file they go in. And actually put them in those files so that in your heart you can know that you're doing what God has called us to do. This last thing is that we need to, that we need to get to a place where we trust in God's power for our future. Trust in God's power for our future. In 2 Chronicles chapter 32, there's this passage of Scripture where the nation is, is, is scared because of this strong army. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid, the writer says, or discouraged because of the king of Assyria and the vast army with him. So they're afraid because this army is very strong and it seems like there's no way they would be able to defeat them. Look what he says. This is so huge. 
He says this, For there is a greater power within us than with Him. Speaking of that king or the problem that you and I are facing. With Him is only, I love this, the arm of flesh. So it's only a human thing over there, but with us. With us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. Somebody needed to be reminded of that today. You have a heavy soul, and you need to be reminded that you have an incredible God. It's not in your strength. It's not in your ability that this thing is going to be handled, but that we can call on the name of the creator of the universe and see his strength at work in our weakness to be able to overcome and deal with the things that are weighing us down. Everybody say greater power. I like greater power. Like, you know, here's the deal. In my own strength, I can't do it. But with God's strength, bring it on. Because that's all. You want to mess with that? I don't want to mess with that. God is a strong God, a creating God, a powerful God. Listen to what Paul said to his church as we wrap this up in Ephesians chapter 1. He says this. He says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. We need to be reminded today that that same incredible power that raised Christ from the dead is at work in your life in those circumstances that will weigh your soul down. He doesn't want you to have a weighted soul. He wants you to know that he's here to lighten your load. We do me a favor for a minute? Will you just bow your heads? God's been really using this series to speak to me and to challenge me in so many ways. Could I ask you to be honest with me today? More importantly, to be honest with the Lord. As you look at your life right now, if you would say, you know, Doug, in this season, I needed to hear this today because I have a heavy soul. Nobody else is looking around. Everybody's heads bowed, eyes closed. Will you just quickly just shoot your hand up real quick if you'd say that's you? A lot of hands, you guys, a lot of hands. could be something from your past, something you're dealing with right in this moment, or something you're overwhelmed about with the future. Today, let me remind you, oh, please take the time to remember his faithfulness. And when your soul is feeling heavy and you are aware and you're reminded of that heaviness, in this moment, will you cry out to your God? Will you let him know you tell him what's going on, explain to him how overwhelmed you are. He wants to hear from you. And then will we together trust in God's incredible power to help us navigate the challenges of life. Father, we pause this morning to just first of all be so grateful for all that you have done. And if we're honest today, it's so easy to have a soul that's weighted down and Lord we know your plan isn't that that would be where we find ourselves that you want to lighten the load 
Father, today, we, we need your help with that. Lord, will you bring to our remembrance your faithfulness in the past? And Lord, help us to cry out to you and to just rely on your strength to carry us when we're, when we're weak. Father, I thank you that you love us so much that in Scripture you will just be brutally honest and allow the authors of Scripture to share with us their authenticity in in the difficulties and the challenges of life and to learn how to cry out to you. Lord, we know the enemy of our soul wants us to live weighted down. But we also know that if we live that way too long, it's toxic. We want our souls to be lightened. And perhaps, Lord, there's somebody here today that's never made a decision to allow you to be at work in their life. And so they've lived with a heaviness of soul, a weightiness of soul for a long time. And maybe if that's you here today, you realize today for the first time that you desperately need the Lord. You know you can't lift that weight on your own and you've tried. If that's you today and you're ready to make a change there, for you to be able to say to the Lord, God, I want you at work in me. I'm tired of doing this on my own. We just simply in your own words pray this prayer. Lord, I'm tired. It's heavy. Life's been difficult. I know that there have been times where I've sinned and fallen short of your plan for my life. And today, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to come into my life, to be the Lord of my life. I thank you for what you did on the cross. That, Lord, you made a way for me to be in right relationship with you, to be able to be forgiven and to be able to have a hope for eternity. And Lord, I also know that in this present moment, you have a desire to be at work in me. And so I ask you to help me to learn what that means, to rely on your strength like never before. God, for all of us, will you help us to be in that spot this week? Regardless of what we will have to face, Lord, we'll give it to you and we'll let you carry the heavy lifting. Thank you for this challenge. It's in Jesus' name that we pray together.